You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. Why do men make religion so lethargic and dry as cracker juice? Why do we make it so stale and rigid and deathly formal sometimes? We're supposed to be holy and happy. We let our striving to be holy rob us of our joy. And God said, I came not just to make you holy, but I came to make you happy. Are you not experiencing joy as a Christ follower? Sometimes the patterns and practices of religion can take away from our focus on Jesus. Today, Pastor Gary will encourage listeners with the truth that following Jesus should make us happier. Of course, there are new disciplines that we as believers implement, but never should they thwart the joy of knowing and following Him. Have you allowed certain rules to take priority in your walk of faith? Fashion your heart back to Jesus today. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of John chapter 1 as he begins his message, Give Them Jesus. We're going to be in the book of John, chapter number 1, and verse number 17. John 1, 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Today, I would normally introduce the title of a sermon by saying, My assignment is to give you this word. But today I want to rephrase that. And I want to tell it to you this way. Your assignment is to give them Jesus. That's my title. Your assignment is to give them Jesus. The law was given by Moses. We're all good at quoting the Ten Commandments. We're all wonderful at pointing out the problems of the world and reminding people of how dirty, low-down, and rotten sinners they are. And though all that is true, Jesus came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Jesus came to fulfill the law. He didn't come to enforce an old covenant that would never make men righteous. The Old Testament, the law of Moses was given, and it is essential to understand the truth of the gospel. But it was a schoolmaster, you might say a stepping stone, to introduce us to not the problem, but the solution. So when you present the gospel to this lost world, Yes, they need to know that they are found in sin. They do need to know that unless they repent, they shall all likewise perish. But always do so by leading them to grace and the forgiveness of God found only through Jesus Christ. Sometimes we give this world the impression that not only are they without hope without Christ, but that there's no hope for them. 
you, you can lead someone into thinking that, well, that church or that Christian don't really care about me. And we are so quick sometimes uh, to remind the world of all the mess that they're in. And sometimes we forget the mess that God brought us out of. Amen. And were it not for the grace of God, there we would go. Amen. We would be in the same shape and in the same mess that they're in. And so my message to you and your assignment as you work with me to reach this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ is to simply give them Jesus. He is their hope. He is their answer. He is their solution. And if you think great, they need a little more grind than they do grace, then you're going to have to ask God uh, to reverse what He did at Calvary because Calvary was all about bringing grace to an otherwise graceless situation. The law was given to prove that you were guilty, to find you guilty before God and declared uh, to be without Christ, without hope, and, and, and then you are to be introduced to Christ. So here's what Jesus did. Jesus came and lived a perfect life. That is, He fulfilled the laws and the requirements of His heavenly Father in the flesh. He's the only man that ever has been or ever will be on this earth that was lived a perfectly sinless life. Not only was he sinless, but he didn't even have the capability of sinning because he was 100% man, but he was also 100% God. And God cannot lie and God cannot sin. So Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He didn't come because the law had no uh, importance or significance. He came to be the fulfillment of that law. And here's the beauty of grace. If you'll come to Jesus Christ with all of your sin and admit to God that you're a sinner and in need of a Savior and receive forgiveness for your sins, Jesus will not only forgive you of your sins, but He'll wrap you up in His robe of righteousness. And it will not be your good works that gets you into heaven. It will be the righteousness of Jesus Christ Himself that was added to your account that washed your sins away. What people need is not more law, they need more grace. Now, you may need to tell them you're found wanting, but you also need to tell them, oh, but that's not, the, that's not the best part. The best part is there's hope, there's a remedy, there's a cure. You don't have to face God on judgment day in all of your sin. You don't have to face the judge of the universe without a lawyer. You can have Jesus Christ to be your advocate and your lawyer to represent your case before a holy God. And I thank God that one day when I stand before Him on judgment day that Jesus will be my lawyer and He's never took a, a case that he's ever lost. Amen. Uh, and when he takes my case before the great judge, he's going to look to the Father and say, paid in full, uh, case dismissed, this one's mine. Uh, he's washed, he's cleansed, uh, and he can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord, not because of what Gary Caudle did to keep the law, but because of what Jesus did to keep it on my behalf. Somebody shout amen this morning. Hallelujah. You can clap when you get a little happy if you want to. Amen. That's all right. <laughs> hey, if you hear some, your neighbor clapping, go ahead and join in with them. Encourage them a little bit. Amen. Don't let them clap alone. Praise the Lord. The law was given by Moses. That was important, but that wouldn't even half the story. You think about it like this. I heard a preacher explain it this way. You have train tracks. 
then you have the locomotive that sits on the train tracks. The law was the track that laid down the holiness of God. But the locomotive is what's going to get us to God. That's Jesus Christ. What did the Bible say again? The law was given by Moses, but what came through Jesus Christ? Grace and, and truth. One more note before I go on in my sermon. There are facts about my past that if you knew about those facts, you would come to your own conclusions about what you think of me. But just because you have facts on me don't mean you know the whole truth. Because everybody can be creative in their interpretation of what actually happened. Amen. Amen. We, we call it discernment, but it's really just creative interpretation, which leads more to deception than it does discernment a lot of times. Hear, hear me and hear me well. Uh, you may have the facts, some of the facts on me, but you don't have the truth. You don't know the whole story. And I can say the same if I know some things about you, if I ever discover things about you that you hope that I, the God that I don't ever find out about you. Don't worry about all that. There may be some things that happened that are factual events in your life. But grace and truth came by Jesus. He came to change your story. He came to change your story. And when Jesus speaks truth over you and speaks forgiveness over you, your past is gone, baby. Amen. And the facts may be true, but Jesus' gospel is even true. Yeah, give God some praise and glory. Grace and truth came by Jesus. He spoke His truth over me. And now I stand in His presence, redeemed, washed, cleansed, forgiven, full of hope and faith. Uh, I am as righteous as Jesus Christ Himself, not because I'm righteous, but because His righteousness has been added to my account. And I'm afraid that there are a lot of people sitting on the church pews today that are banking on their good deeds and their faithful church attendance and their giving to get them through the pearly gates of heaven. But the Bible says, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. The Bible says there is no good, no one that is good, no, not one. Uh, me and you both could take a running start and try to jump the Grand Canyon and some of you who are slimmer and lighter could get a little closer to the other side than me, but we're both going to die because we both fell short. Can I get an amen? amen? Now Jesus Christ is the only one that made the difference and if you bank on yourself to get to God's standard of righteousness, you will fail and you will fail miserably and you'll be found guilty before God. But if you'll put your hope in Jesus Christ, you'll make the distance because He already made it for you. Somebody say amen. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And that is the gospel in essence. Let me hurriedly give you a couple things. Luke chapter 4 and verse 17, Jesus stood in a temple reading the Scripture, reading the scrolls of, of the book of Isaiah chapter 61. And He said, uh, uh, the Bible said, There was delivered unto Him the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah. And when He had opened the book, He found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them 
that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Glory to God. I could shout on that one right there. Uh, I'm glad that He made me accepted in the beloved. Amen. Uh, he came to preach how I could be accepted before God. Uh, hey, they done heard the message from the, the scribes and the Pharisees and how guilty they were and how dirty they were and how indebted they were and they'll never dig themselves out of their unrighteousness. They done heard that old stale, dry, amen, man-made religious preaching uh, they had their fill with it, but Jesus came to give them hope. Jesus came to give them light. Uh, Jesus came to give them life. Uh, and Jesus came to show them how they could become accepted in the eyes of God. Amen. And the Bible said he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. I'd say so. Uh, they ain't never heard no preaching like this. They never heard somebody get up and tell them, yeah, you're guilty, but he still loves you. They never heard nobody say, uh, you don't have to keep all them laws anymore if you'll just put your faith in me. They ain't never heard anybody or seen anybody touch the blinded eye and make them see or, or speak uh, to the dead and make them raise again. Uh, this man was different. This gospel was different. This message was different. And Jesus uh, preached essentially himself to them. He gave himself to an otherwise hopeless congregation and so I see here that Jesus fulfilled the, the prophecy of the book of Isaiah chapter 61 and now's where I need my Bible I don't have all this in my iPad <laughs> I'm going to go to Isaiah 61 now, I want to point out three things quickly for us that Jesus did that he illustrates I told you that I'm giving you an assignment today. So let's look what Jesus fulfilled. Isaiah 61. And we're going to read uh, Isaiah's rendition of what Jesus fulfilled. Verses 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, not to step on them, not to break them even more, not to remind them of what they already know, that they're broken, but to bind them up, to proclaim not, uh, not imprisonment, but liberty. I am free in Christ. Amen. To proclaim liberty to the captives. I remember on September the 9th of 1990 when I was just an 11-year-old boy, and I was imprisoned in my sin. But Jesus came with the key of love and unlocked that door of that prison and opened it up and said, you can go free today <laughs> to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, mm, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give, oh, I can't see my words, <laughs> unto them beauty, for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why do men make religion so lethargic and dry as cracker juice? Why do we make it so stale and rigid and deathly formal sometimes? We're supposed to be holy and happy. We let our striving to be holy rob us of our joy. 
And God said, I came not just to make you holy, but I came to make you happy. Now, if you don't believe that, read this verse again. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy. If that ain't happiness, I don't know what is. Now, I know there's a difference for all of you that know your vocabulary. There's a difference between joy and happiness. I want you to get the essence of what I'm saying. That God came to change things. You don't have to live under fear of condemnation anymore if you will put your faith in Christ. And if that don't make you full of joy, I don't know what will. I remember before I got saved, sometimes I would think about hell while I was trying to go to sleep, and I didn't sleep very well those nights. I would think about what if the Lord Jesus came back and raptured out His church and I was left behind and that didn't bring me much joy. But oh, the joy that flooded my soul the day that He saved me and put joy down in me and I can rejoice today because my sin debt has been paid and you can too if you've never trusted Him as your Savior. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called... Look what He calls us. The trees of what? Righteousness. I, I was called dirty. I was called by my sin. Look, look at the, the judgment day over in the book of Revelations. When all of those who are lost stand before the great white throne judgment because they have never been washed in the blood of Jesus. What are they called on judgment day? They are called by what they did in their sin adulterers, adulteresses, fornicators, liars, thieves. And it says they'll all have their part in the lake of fire. But if you'll put your faith in Jesus, you'll no longer be called by what you did. You'll be called by what He did. And you'll be called the trees of righteousness. Amen. I'm telling you, the gospel is full of hope today for this lost and dying world. What we need to do is give them Jesus. He's their only hope and He's their only answer. So I see here a visit to the rubble. Number one, Jesus started His earthly ministry and then He commissioned it to us to continue. We are to operate in the same anointing that Jesus operated under in giving Himself to this world. It's not a different spirit. One Lord, one salvation, one spirit, right? One baptism. It's the same gospel. We are to tell them what Jesus told them about himself. Jesus has commissioned us to give this world the gospel. Do you remember what the word gospel actually means by its very definition? Y'all say it with me. Good news. Amen. Good news. Good news. Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. And if you'll put your faith in him, you can have eternal life. Somebody shout amen. Alright, so he visited the rubble. He came down to where I was. Emmanuel means God with us. I'm glad that I didn't have to attain unto the height of God. That's the difference between salvation in Jesus Christ and man-made religion. Man-made religion will strive as, as futile an effort as it is. They will strive to attain to the height of God in their good works and never reach it. That's religion. That's man-made religion and it'll never work uh, 
but salvation is where God rolled up his holy sleeves and said they can't reach me but I can surely reach them and on the cross whenever the veil was rent from the top to the bottom it was as if God was saying come on in you can come in through the blood of Jesus and receive forgiveness of your sins and I got something even better than that not only was it an open invitation for us to come in but he was also removing the veil so that he could come to where we were amen so that the gospel would not only reach his chosen people Israel but it would go to the Gentiles and to the four corners of the earth that whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and I'm glad to tell you that this is a whosoever gospel amen I don't care where you've been what you've done God will forgive you if you'll call on his name don't you let nobody lie to you and tell you that God will not forgive you oh yes he will the blood of Jesus is more powerful than your sin and the Bible says that where sin did abound grace did much more abound if you got sin he's got a whole lot more grace than you ever thought about sinning can somebody say amen again Whoo! Mm, I believe I'm going to preach myself happy. <laughs> he had a he paid a visit to the rubble, and that means we got to do the same. Oh, I know we like pretty people. We like well together people. We like people that seem to have it all together. We like to reach people that we're comfortable around that we can relate to. It's more difficult to go down them dark alleys and shadowy places where. People are a little bit dirtier and smellier and more sinful. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? We get this aura about us sometimes that comes across to them, and we may not mean it in our heart, but it comes across to them as, as if we're too good for them and they're too rotten for us. Jesus was hated by the religious powers that be because He dared minister to those that they were too good to minister to. He went to the ones that, that were completely ignored. Oh, men may have ignored me, but I'm glad Jesus knew right where I was at. And He came for me. And I'm telling you, He'll come for you today. And He'll come for that sinner that you think is so long lost that there's no hope for. Oh, His blood has the power to save today. We've got to go visit the rubble. We've got to go find. He said uh, he came not for the righteous. And it wasn't that he was saying there were some that had righteousness that didn't need him. What he was saying was he didn't come for those that don't think they need him. But he did come for those that were lost. So I think the church needs to go into overdrive, finding all the lost people that the rest of them have ignored, rejected, made fun of, criticized, ridiculed, I mean, you know, we, uh, and, and all them people that people run their mouth about and talk about, and them trashy people. Guess what? You were trashy in the eyes of God before God reached down and saved you. I was trashy in the eyes of God before God ever reached down and saved me. We all were. Amen. And we all put our pants on the same way and we're all made of uh, just, all, we're just nothing but glorified mud balls without the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And I don't mean to offend anybody, but we need a reality check sometimes and re remind ourselves that but were it not for the grace of God, we'd be in the same mess or worse than other people. God wants us to go to the rubble, the broken down, the cast down, the downtrodden, the people with problems, the people with problems too big for you to fix. Yeah, but they'll ask me for a, they'll, they'll go to asking me for something and I don't want to put myself in that position. 
I'm glad Jesus didn't have that attitude. Not only did Jesus know we would ask, He told us to ask. And I can't give people everything they need, but I can lead them to the one that can. <laughs> I silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, God's not asking us to uh, give what we can't, but we can give them what we can, and the best thing we can give them is Jesus. Amen. And even if you put a little money in their pocket, you need to do it. It'll help your pride. Amen. <laughs> It'll help you a little bit to help somebody who can't help themselves. I think the definition of character is what do you do for others that can't do anything in return for you. Amen. We need to learn how to love people. Not saying you haven't, but praise God, that's what he told me to preach. <laughs> uh, I think we can all work on this. We need to visit the rubble. Amen, church. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cowdell. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these messages with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to send a prayer request, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycaudell.com. That's contact at Gary. C-A-U-D-I-L-L dot com. True North is a part of the ministry of Gary Caudill. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycaudill.com. Would you like to come to worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit garycaudill.com for additional details on where he teaches and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It can be a place for you to grow in your faith, find support, and serve in ways uniquely designed just for you. With that, our time with you has come to an end. But please, join Pastor Gary for another edition here on True North.